0: Well, good morning. My name is Eric, and my family and I have, we're going on, I think, our 18th year here in Beijing. Uh, So it's good to be here, good to share with you guys this morning. It's a beautiful day. Uh, About a year and a half ago, my family and I were in America, and we're in the process of switching our visas uh, to a a different visa. And you guys probably can relate to to that process. It's not very easy. Uh, There were many speed bumps along the way, And it really took an emotional toll on both myself and and my family. Uh, But in the midst of dealing with the mafan of the visas, uh, we also found out that my wife had to have surgery. And uh, we were glad we were in America for the surgery, uh, but the surgery and the stress of the surgery uh, took even more out of our already depleted emotional tanks. So there I was in America, I was feeling defeated, I was feeling overwhelmed. Honestly, I was feeling raw just with everything that was going on between the visas and the surgery. And then I really feel like life punched me right in the stomach. Uh, I got a frantic email from our landlord uh, here in China. Uh, We live on the 12th floor, uh, which actually has some roof access. And my wife has made, we have this outdoor area up on the roof and my wife has really made it into this beautiful garden oasis right in the middle of the city Uh, for one year for for her for mother's day i bought her a picnic table and she loves to garden and to plant and so you walk out onto the our balcony it's a pretty large balcony and there's greenery there's color it's very vibrant and alive Um, and we love we love being out there especially in the middle of the city uh, but what happened was, our landlord, the reason why our landlord was frantic is our helper, who had been watering my wife's plants, had left the hose on. And uh, not only did it, it, so it flooded our entire apartment, but it didn't just flood our apartment, but it flooded the apartment below us. But it didn't just af- flood that one, it flooded the apartment below them as well. And we don't have insurance, and... Uh, all of our stuff, all our belongings was, was wet, molding, being ruined, and we were thousands of miles away in America, unable to do anything about it. Well, today we're gonna continue our study through the book of Galatians, and we're gonna look at chapter six. There's a point to it, don't, don't worry. We're gonna specifically dig deeper into the second verse, which says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. As I was preparing for this message, I kept being reminded of this difficult time with the flooded apartment. Because the Lord used the community in our lives, the people here in Beijing, to speak into my heart as many people stepped up when we, being in America, uh, were not able to do it ourselves. Our friend Sarah met the landlord, organized cleanup crews, and made hard decisions about what to throw away and what to keep. And she also kept us informed with pictures and videos. I felt helpless, but I also felt very loved by Sarah and those here. Others helped out by bringing fans to our apartment to air out the apartment. Uh, People were there to move furniture and things around because they had to replace all of our flooring. Um, People stepped up to do all sorts of things to help us. People even helped me figure out how I could wire tens of thousands of US dollars to our neighbors because they were because of the lawsuit against our neighbor, or against our landlord. So they wouldn't sue us. Later, when we were back in China, I was personally thanking my friend Jeff, and he said that it was actually fun. He said it was a a good community project that that they could come around together and rally to do. In Galatians 5, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and last week, Ian shared that the fruit of the Spirit centers around love. Well, chapter 6 Uh, helps us live out that love. Paul gives concrete examples of how the fruit of the Spirit might look lived out. One of those is bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. The Greek word used for burden here implies that it's an excessive or an extreme weight to bear. In other places in the Bible and even in Paul's writing, he uses a different word when he talks about a more manageable weight. Uh, But here he uses a word that implies that that for us alone, the weight is unbearable. We we need others. We need help. For me, when I was in America, I needed help. It was a burden that I could not bear. But Sarah and others stepped in and showed the love of Christ through bearing my burdens. At that time, I was already overwhelmed. And then the flood rocked me even more. So the Lord, I feel like, used what seemed like an awful situation to really show me his love through the community of believers around me. They just read in chapter six, and verse 10, it says, uh, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those to who belong to the family of believers. Their love and their service truly did make it feel like a family. Well, today I wanted to look at why do we struggle to bear each other's burdens? I surveyed one person, me, And so, 100% of my survey, uh, I'm going to share four reasons why I struggle to bear each other's burdens, or other people's burdens. And I think, I hope, that you will relate to some of it. Hopefully not all of it, because then nobody will help each other out. But as I'm growing, as we're all growing, we're all in process, hopefully we'll be able to learn from that. Uh, But before I get into that, let's go ahead and read uh, Galatians chapter 6. Uh, it says, Brothers and sisters, if if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Go ahead to verse 3. Yeah. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap uh, eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of God. So why do we struggle to bear each other's burdens? I'll let you in on a little secret. I learned at an early age that I'm supposed to be self-sufficient. I don't know if you can relate to that. As a man, I'm supposed to be strong— I'm not supposed to be weak, to show no weakness, to have no needs. You know, that misperception of my life has ended up harming me more than it has helped me. It led me to be isolated from others. It gave me the false view of myself that I'm only valuable if I'm perfect, that my worth is dependent on what I bring to the table. And if I'm a burden to others, then somehow, I must be living life wrong. I need to change that so I can't depend on other people. Have you ever thought that? I I certainly do. You know, this created in my life a a life of hiding. Not that I am hiding sin or, or things like that, but I'm hiding my own needs. I'm hiding my weaknesses. Stuffing down my needs, deep down, and putting a smile on my face. There were but there are times that we need other people. You know, no matter how hard we try, God created us to live life in community. And that, and that involves other people. John 16, Jesus says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have over- overcome the world. He doesn't say you might have trouble. It's more of a promise that we will have trouble. But we can take heart that he has overcome the world. But in that trouble, sometimes that trouble is a burden that we, can only, we cannot bear alone and we need others. So fortunately, I came to a point where I I learned that I needed others. And that process of engaging others and sharing my need has helped me experience the body of Christ at work. And it's also created in my own heart a desire to help other people and a desire to bear the burdens of those around me. Well, it's not just a heart issue, I I don't believe, but it's also a a time issue or, or even a capacity issue. You know, I like to be productive. I like to get things done. So what happens is I end up living my life at 110%. I'm going for it. I'm taking on probably way more than I need to. So when somebody needs 2% of Eric, that doesn't seem like a lot. But when I'm already at 110%, that jump from 110 to 112% is a huge difference. You know, this was actually really important for me to discover in my marriage. J.J. needs me to engage her and the kids. I don't know if you can relate, but when I come home from work, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I need a break. Some of that is just the, the working all day. Some of it is communicating in a second language all day. Um, but J.J. needs me to be present. At those moments, what I need is to be be recharged, I need space, I need time. I'm already overloaded from the day. For JJ to ask me to watch the baby, it's, it's not a big ask. It's not even something that I don't wanna do. But when I'm already at 110%, when I'm already overwhelmed, it seems like she's asking me for the world. If I'm already drowning, then I don't have the capacity to enter into the lives around me. And, and to bear their burdens. It was, it's was also really frustrating for JJ until she realized just how overtaxed I was. And not only overtaxed I was, but how overtaxed our family was. The sad thing is JJ and the kids, they really are my top priority. But what I realized was I wasn't giving them my best. And so what I needed to do is I needed to learn how, to, how, do, how do I build margin into my life so that I'm more available. How do I build margin into my life so when I come home, I'm not exhausted and, and there's more of me to give to the, the things that really matter? How do I build margin into my schedule? How do I build margin into my checkbook so that I'll be more available to hear and respond to the Lord when he asks me to bear someone's burden? Well, What about you? Does that, does that resonate? Do you, do you run at 110%? Do you need margin in your life, so that when God might be calling you to bear somebody's burden, you're available? I heard, I heard once that, that life, in a lot of ways, is like a buffet. And we go to a buffet, and the things in the beginning are really good. They have these good breads and, and all this other stuff. But the reason why they put that there is because at the end of the buffet is the really expensive things, like the steak and the crab and, and, and lobster and everything. But they want you to fill your plate up early on with the, the non-expensive things that are really good. Um, and so what happens is I end up taking all the stuff here and then I come down and I take more and I get a second plate and I, and I end up going to the table with way too much that I can possibly eat. And so sometimes what we need to do is we need to say no to good things so that we can say yes to great things later on. And I think in our lives what happens is we get overwhelmed And then God might be calling us to to bear somebody else's burden, but I don't have the capacity. Or it seems like a burden in my own life to bear somebody else's burden. So not only is it a heart issue, and not only is it a time issue, but I also believe that I had the false belief that I needed to have the right answers. that In order for me to bear somebody else's burden, I had to have the answer for them. It's easy to believe. Um, I wanted to show a clip from one of my favorite movies. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Trilogy, if you haven't seen it, uh, chronicles the journey uh, to destroy the most powerful ring in the world. There's one Hobbit, uh, Frodo, and he was tasked with carrying the magical ring. With that task comes danger, pain, anguish, and terror. If you haven't seen the first or haven't seen the trilogy, well, there's two things. I, A, I highly recommend it. It's very good. <coughs> but B, I apologize because this is one of the most climatic parts of the, of the movie. Uh, but you've had many years to watch it. So, But it, even after seeing it today, I still think it's worth watching. Um, but by the time this, this scene comes along, we're nine hours into the, move, into the trilogy. So we've really invested in, in this. Um, and we've seen the tremendous weight that Frodo must bear in order to carry the ring. His friend Sam, he, he can't carry the magical ring, only Frodo can, but he sees how it's destroying his dearest friend Frodo. So let's go ahead and pick up the, the movie clip. I remember when I, I saw this in the theater and people were like standing up applauding when, when, this, when this was happening, it was, it was pretty powerful. I can't carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. I can't cure my friend's cancer, but I can carry them. I can walk with them. I can love them through that process. I can't heal my friend's marriage, but I can love them. I can carry them. As God works in their marriage, as they work on their marriage, I can come alongside them and love them when maybe they're not being loved. There's lots of ways in which we can carry other people, whether it's through an encouragement, a note of encouragement, whether it's through an act of service, whether it's through a hug. There's ways in which we can come alongside other people and carry them. We don't have to solve their problems. We don't have to be the one to carry the ring. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. I know for me, I think I struggle with performance and I want people to know that I'm doing well and and I want to solve people's problems. I want to be the hero. And so as a result, I think it even fails. I fail to act because I'm afraid to step into a situation where I'm not going to be able to, to solve it. I'm afraid to step into a situation where it might be messy. But I think it's important for us to know that we don't have to solve their problem. We just need to love them and to love them well. Years ago, I learned the truth that showing up is half the battle. Being present, not trying to solve their problems, but loving them through the process. And sometimes, that's even, most of the time, that's even way more powerful than solving the problems. Years ago, somebody gave me some dating advice. Um, They said, imagine you and your girlfriend uh, are walking and your girlfriend falls in a mud puddle. Well, a boyfriend's natural reaction is, I'm gonna jerry-rig some sort of rope and pulley system and, and pull her out of the mud as fast as possible and solve the problem. But what she really wants is you to jump in the mud with her and listen to her talk about how muddy it is and how cold it is and, and be able to relate to that. And I think that's true in life. People, people don't need us to solve their problems. They just need us. And if anything, the way we can help them is to direct them to the Lord and, be a, and just be, be a sounding board, be a comfort, be a lighthouse that really reflects the Lord in their life and reminds them of who God is. One final reason that I struggle to carry others' burdens is that I fail to see that serving my brothers and sisters is like serving the Lord. I remember when I was in college and started growing in my faith, I was really moved by Simon of Cyrene. Now, many of you are probably sitting here going, I don't even know who that is. He has a very small role in the Bible, but a very powerful role and a role that's very memorable. See, we don't don't know much about him, but he's the one that picked up the cross when it was too much for Jesus to bear. He was standing on the side of the road and Jesus kept falling and and a guard yelled at him and said, pick up the cross and carry it. And I remember as a new believer in college just how moved I was by that. How in, in many ways I was envious of Simon of Cyrene. I wish I could do something like that for the Lord. I wish I could in some way demonstrate to God how thankful I am for what he did for me. And if it was some way in which I could carry that cross even just for a moment to bring Jesus' relief. Well, Jesus says in Matthew 25, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. When we engage our brothers and sisters and bear their burdens, we are loving and serving them, but we are also loving and serving the Lord. So what about you today? Are there people around you that you could serve? Is there somebody that's struggling, whether it's a health issue whether it's a relationship issue, whether it's an emotional issue, whether it's a financial issue, are there ways in which people around you are struggling that you could come alongside them and love them well? Not solving their problem, but engaging their heart. Not solving their problem, but loving them, loving them well. Well, how do we do that? It's hard. I know for me it's hard because I think as we're seeing, there's lots of pride issues in my own heart. I have to have the answer. I, I can't have faults of my own. Things that I'm starting to, to grow in, things that I'm starting to allow others to see in my life. Um, well, let's go ahead and look at, I think the ability to carry others' burdens is only possible when we have a humble heart. We love only when we're able to move towards others in humility. Galatians 6 goes on to say, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Here I always thought, does does this contradict what we just read in Galatians 6-2 about carrying others' burdens? Here it's saying you have to carry your own load. But this is an example of a different word, the Greek word that Paul uses here for load is different than the word for buried, or burden. And um, we, we need to realize that it's through humility uh, that we're able to engage and enter into other people's lives. To do it in a humble way. You know, for years I misunderstood the concept of humility. I, I always thought it was a self-deprecating concept. That I must think of myself as nothing. That I was the worst of the worst, and that everybody else was better than me. You know, there is some truth to that. We do, in the Bible, are talked about, are told to think of others as better than ourselves. But I think there's also a lot of danger in that. And I know in my own heart there's a danger because it it led to a false belief. Uh, Over the years, it, it obscured my view of myself. I didn't see myself as God saw me. I didn't understand my position in Christ. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. I've been really dwelling on that for the last few years of how do I see myself as God sees me? How do I understand myself as somebody who's in Christ, but also at the same time, how do I see other people's needs at times more than my own? Well, Paul then goes on in chapter 6 to remind us that our humility is founded on the fact that in our sinful position, there's nothing that we can do. It's all about grace. We're not helpless, or we are helpless, I guess, when it comes to that, but we're not hopeless uh, because, the, because it is by grace that God has given us that. You know, as we've studied the book of Galatians as a church over the last, I don't know, six weeks or so, um, The theme grace has come again and again. Uh, It's the theme of the book. He says it again here in verse 14. Uh, But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Imagine that you have a significant amount of debt. Let's say a million dollars. Somebody comes and decides to write a check for a million dollars and give it to you and pay your entire debt. You don't have to do anything but reach out and take it and it's yours. So you take the money and and you pay off your debt and now you're debt free and you're totally in the clear. What did you do? What do you have to boast about? You didn't earn it in any way. It was all through what somebody gave to you. You know, the Bible in in this book talks about the same thing. We all have this debt we have to pay but it's not what we did, it's what God did through Jesus on the cross and it's not something that we have any need to boast in because it's not anything that we've done, we've just reached out and received it but far be it from me to boast except in the, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world it's not what we've done, it's what he's done and if you're here today and you've never known about how you can have a relationship with God, I'd encourage you to come talk to one of the elders or, or talk to me. Because it's not what we do, it's what God did through Jesus on the cross. And not only that, but then that gives us the, the, a relationship with the Lord. Not just knowing that when we die we'll go to heaven, but how do I engage him now? How do I abide in him now? How do I relate to him now. It's through grace. It's not through being perfect uh, because we know we can't. It's not through having all the right answers because we know we can't. Paul even closes the book of Galatians with his blessing over his brothers in Galatia with this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So I just want you to think through, are there people around you that you can bear their burden? Are there people around you that you can engage with? I'm going to close this in prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for how you move in our lives. Thank you that we can have a relationship with you and it's not based on what we do, but it's through your saving grace, through your free gift of salvation for us on the cross. Thank you for just the ability to be in community with brothers and sisters around us. Uh, Thank you that we don't have to have the right answers. I don't have to carry it for them, but I can carry them. Thank you, Lord. It's your name I pray. Amen.